Welcome to Aston Means Business. I'm Steve Dyson, the journalist who's been presenting this regular podcast for Aston Business School. With the COVID-19 pandemic threatening to shut down the economy, we're working with the Aston Centre for Growth to turn this podcast's attention towards how small businesses, known as SMEs, are coping. This special series is called Aston Means Business, SMEs Dealing with COVID-19. In each episode, we'll be talking to businesses who are taking part, or who have previously taken part, in Aston Centre for Growth's programmes. We'll provide a voice for them to discuss their challenges, share their experiences, and explain how they are dealing with the crisis. We'll also be interviewing some of Aston Business School's top academics and other experts, getting their valuable insight, analysis, and advice for SMEs. The first episode will feature Professor Mark Hart, one of the UK's top experts on SMEs research and entrepreneurship. We'll also be joined by Joe Fern. He's the Managing Director of Circus Mash, a team-building entertainment and fitness company. And we'll be speaking to Lee Hopley, a UK industry economist who works on issues relating to business resilience and SME finance. Just so everyone knows, we're conforming, of course, to government guidelines. So we're doing everything for this podcast remotely using various bits of new software. And if necessary, if people are more remote, we're recording their interviews and through the telephone wire the old fashioned way. So bear with us on that. Joining me on the line now is uh, Professor Mark Hart. He's the leading voice at both Aston Centre for Growth and the National Enterprise Research Centre, known as the ERC. Uh, hello to you, Mark. Hi, good. Hi there, Steve. Good to talk to you. Good to talk to you too. First of all, Mark, what's your overall view on how COVID-19 is impacting small businesses? Well, uh, I need to be careful about my language here, Steve, but uh, I think it's an absolute disaster for the economy. Um, we've seen that come through uh, in the last few days about the, uh, the some of the metrics we follow the PMI um, purchaser manager index as it's fallen through the floor. It's worse, worse than it was in the Great Recession over a decade ago. Um, so it's bad for the economy. Um, the small business sector, micro businesses, self-employed, freelancers, they're the backbone of the economy. A lot of the big companies can't operate without these small businesses and their supply chain. So look, the economy is taking a hit, and it's an absolute disaster for small businesses. Um, but, you know, the revenues have dried up overnight, and that's that's really quite frightening for a lot of people. Um, you know, business leaders are looking at their you know back end of uh, 2019. See, you know, we were. Still in a period of uncertainty, but a lot of the small business leaders I work with, they, they still were optimistic. They were clear about their business model. They knew where they were going in 2020. And then all of a sudden, as we come to the end of Q1 on uh, 2020, um, it's all falling apart. So we are in uh, a dire straits with respect to uh, what we can do for our small businesses. So we, we, we need to take this seriously because we can't afford, as an economy, as a society, um, to let small businesses just disappear as a result of this crisis. Yeah, and, and, and thinking about that, Mark, um, while many parts of the economy are either shutting down completely or seeing seeing a huge downturn, um, others, as you say, are need to keep things going. They need to keep their revenues going. They need to keep their staff engaged. How, how can how can SMEs try to seize this opportunity? And I, I say the, the word opportunity carefully. Um, I, I don't want to, to to be trite about that. But how can they how can they turn themselves to different things? Well, let me preface my response to that question, which, which is really uh, very pertinent to, to our listeners, actually. When we go back to previous recessions, what do businesses do? Um, we've 
finding your customers is actually working with your customers perhaps in a different way. So, you know, the opportunity, and again, you're right, Steve, it sounds like a very strange word to use in the current context, but I do believe that if businesses and business leaders keep close to their customers, have conversations, find out, like, you know, we have a relationship, we get it that you, you perhaps um, have cancelled your orders or cancel an event or something like that, but how can we work with you differently? Is there anything we can do to actually uh, tweak our model or flip it over 180 degrees and, and do something completely different with you? So I think there are opportunities out there. It doesn't mean to say, you know, I do a little comment at the beginning, it doesn't mean to say every business will disappear within the next month. Many are under threat, clearly, but we need to be encouraging and assisting, and that's what we do at us, and we will work with our uh, the businesses in our networks to actually help them think through the business model. Who are their suppliers? Who are their customers? What can they do to keep trading? So stop. My, my advice is like, don't go out thinking about, well, who are my new customers? Where do I start? Think about your existing customers. Drop them an email. Get them on, get them on uh, whatever media we're using, working at home. And just talk to them and see if we can actually do something with your existing customers in a different way to try and get some revenue. I get you. No, that sounds that sounds a very good advice indeed, and and that's the SMEs themselves, of course. Now, the government's announced various financial assistance, and we're going to talk to um, your um, your colleague and finance expert Lee Hopley later on about the detail of that. But it, but in summary, Mark, is the government doing enough to help SMEs? Look, this is the, the package that has been announced in three bids. We've had three budgets since the eleventh of March. The money is there. The question is, how do we get it to businesses quickly and efficiently? So, there's no question about you know, the supply of money. The question is, how the mechanisms are drawn down to keep these businesses going. So, furloughing workers, 80% of salary announced last Friday was brilliant. Um, packages that were announced with respect to the, um, the, the loans, uh, business interruption loan funds, and Rahama's versus Business Bank, and all of their key partners on the high street, so to speak. Um, the, the key for me, though, is, is urgency, and I'm not so sure that this, you know, this is the worry I've got. That you know, the, the government is sort of announcing things as a result of pressure. So the whole business about self-employed, for example, has come through huge pressure. You know, we're in a crisis. The money's being released. We need to get the mechanisms right, and it's not our job um, from the, from a business school perspective, supporting our small business to make sure they know how to access it. My worry is that it's still tied up in a lot of bureaucracy. Um, you know, how are the banks uh, reacting? So they say, look, you know, the government will under, underwrite the loans. Yeah, but, you know, what's the bureaucratic hoops people have to go through? We're hearing stories about, um, you know, banks go back a year checking up on, you know, where you sold on, the, you know, in the last quarter of 2019. Mm. If you then maybe you're not going to get this loan. That's a black mark. That's, that's not what we should be doing. The banks need to get real. Other things about the appetite for, for debt. Businesses don't want debt. They want cash to be solvent. Um, because if, you know, you know, getting debt means issues there about what's on your balance sheet. And that's really quite important for small businesses. And also, I go back to the Great Recession. We know, because we, we track this since 2011 through the small SME finance monitor, the appetite for external finance is, is not great. And why? Because they remember what the banks did. They, they pulled overdrafts, they pulled loans. So there's a bit of um, a perception issue. 
this year. So those are great. Cash is better. So in terms of um, the simplicity is what you're talking about, I think, in terms of the access and the uh, making it easier for businesses. So with that in mind, uh, in, 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 a, in a sentence, what else is needed from the government? Clear messaging in terms of the current lockdown, uh, say with respect to what's essential and what's not. This mm. is a complete uh, you know, nightmare in terms of you know, small businesses deciding, well, are, are we or are we not? Off licenses are closed in Northern Ireland, off licenses are shitting as normal in England. So there's, there's confusion. We need simplicity, clear guidance, and fair way mechanisms to get cash into the hands of the self-employed and small businesses. Yeah, excellent advice. That's that's good, and, and, and I hope that someone from the government is listening to this podcast today. And um, one last question, Mark. Um, and I know you've covered quite a lot in what you've uh, what you've told us. But for, for small business owners listening, seeking advice, and trying to deal with the crisis, what are your top tips? What What do you want to leave them with? Well, solvency is what's going to keep you trading when this crisis is over. So keep close to your customers and suppliers. Don't hide away. Keep close to your bank in terms of whatever facilities you need. I've made my point about, about the loan and debt, but I think in terms of overdraft facilities, keep an eye on all of that. Um, think about your business model, as I said earlier, about there's any tweaks you can do to keep your customers served in a slightly different way, perhaps to keep some revenue coming in, into the business. Keep close to... Um, and you'll, you'll probably guess I'm going to say this to the range of business support that us as a university and particularly a business school, the Arsenal Centre for Growth was set up to help small businesses, um, primarily in Birmingham and, and the Midlands, but we also work nationally. Um, keep close to those who understand your issues, who can give you that one-to-one bespoke advice. Don't be afraid to ask for help. You can't do it on your own. And certainly... Um, Professor Mark Hart, many thanks for joining us. I know we'll be hearing more from you soon on future podcasts on this series. Many thanks. to talk to a business leader next and joining me on the line is Joe Fern. He's the managing director of Circus Mash. That's a team building entertainment and fitness company. Hello to you, Joe. Hello, Steve. Joe, tell us a bit more about Circus Mash, things like where you're based and what do you do? Okay, so um, Circus Mash, um, we're based in King's Heath, first of all. Our base is in King's Heath, but we work all over the region. Um, and we do four things. So we teach social circus, which is teaching people circus for for fitness and um, other, other different reasons, recreation, really. We create shows. Um, we uh, do outreach to schools, and then we do professional development for artists and emerging artists, all within circus. Well, it sounds quite a quite a thing that you do there. I mean, have you got people who used to be in the circus? Have you been in the circus? Uh, yeah, well, this is the background for, for me. Like, so I um, at eighteen, I grew up in Birmingham, and circus was always a love of mine. So that was my chosen career path. So for a long time, I did um, touring circus um, after I went to circus school, and then when I decided to come back to Birmingham, um, which is I did in two thousand and. 11 um then i started circus mash because there wasn't anything here and, and just just to talk to you just very quickly about them circus mash as a business what's the business structure and how many staff do you have 
So there is a management team of five people. Everybody started here as a student um, and has grown into the roles as the business has grown. So there's a management team of five. Um, that includes myself as the director. There's a second director also that runs the corporate side of things. Um, and then there's um, a team of 20 um, circus practitioners, performers that some of them are, most of them are part-time. Um, but some of them, you know, do, you know, 10 hours worth of classes a week. And some of them are just called upon on a project basis. I get you. And how long have you been going and what's the sort of uh, estimates of your annual turnover? So the we've been going since 2011. Um, and our turnover predicted this year, well, with the current situation, I'm not sure, but we're about 180,000. Um, so it's a sizable business, and, and I suppose the current situation is what I want to bring you on to next. How is COVID-19 affecting your operations? Well, to be honest, the whole operation's closed down, the old operation, I suppose. So all of our kind of – summer's really busy for us, so all of our festivals and our corporate clients and all of the f- stuff that we do over the summer, that's all been stopped now, so that's all been pulled or put on pause. Um, and also the school, the academy, um, where we teach – up to 200 people a week that's had to close down so right now it's it's a question of how we're i guess adapting to that so to, to create a new operation i suppose so yeah it's really affected us and in terms of just the effect to start with i'll come on how you i'll come on to how you're adapting in a moment but just the effects are you having to lay people off put them on short time working you know how are you coping with the with the cash flows Good question. It's it's really early to tell, to be honest. Um, what I can say um, is that the support that we have from a community and staff is absolutely amazing. So everybody's pulled together in lot. Everyone's in the same boat. We're all in the same boat, but everyone is everybody wants to keep Circus Mash going and everybody wants to see Circus Mash through these times. So the staff are like, you know, we've had to we've had to say to them like there is no money right now. All of everything's cut. But we want to keep this dream alive. Um, and everybody's pulled together to keep us going. So actually it's really bonded us as a team. Um, so as I say, it's too early to tell in terms of cash flow. I know there's a lot of holes right now. Um and I think the next couple of weeks we'll figure out, you know, at what point those will have a bigger effect. I'll come on to the finance in a moment then, because there's various finance assistance around, of course. So we'll, we'll discuss that. But before I do, um, how are you trying to adapt and keep trading during the pandemic? A lot of our stuff's gone online. We want to ensure we keep in front of our community. So um, we've transferred a lot of our classes onto uh, online digital systems where we're doing them from home in people's houses, um, which is the biggest one, really. And we're exploring how we do that and how we adapt. You know, circus is very physical and it's about connecting with people um, in the face. So we've had to really adapt how we can use circus um when we're not in front of someone so it's it's uh, the, the biggest answer to that question is if we've gone to the online space which is pretty nifty really because everyone's at home and they need something to do don't they absolutely it's been a time where we've been able to like in the morning if we say we're going to do a class we can put it out there and people are in that class of a night and that doesn't happen in in everyday world because you know not everybody's there sitting waiting for something to happen by looking at their computer so it really worked for us so far and and in terms of it working i know that there's lots of things you're going to do which aren't happening and so therefore you're missing some of your revenues 
But are you actually in this particular area of online videos and training and circus feats, etc.? Are you actually seeing an increase there and bringing some new revenues in? I definitely see an opportunity to increase. I think um, in the beginning, it was a very scary time and it was like, what do we do? What do we do? And the whole circus community seemed to be going online. When I did Aston Growth Programme, what I didn't realise until now was what that did for all the little seeds that have been planted for the last two years. All of us have somehow connected together during this time. Those little projects that were happening, and a lot of it was digital stuff. A lot of it was kind of online. How do we reach people in new ways? All of a sudden, this has happened, and the we've had to completely adapt to change direction, but those seeds are in place. So I don't know what's going to happen from that, but I, I definitely see the opportunity, opportunity. I think it's a bit too early to tell. How brilliant that uh, you've got some of those ideas from, from your programme at Aston Centre for Growth. And, I, it, and I'll tell you what, it was absolutely down to them because, I mean, I didn't know, you know, a lot of words, you know, that were used in business, let alone, you know, like how to run an operation from that perspective. But I'll tell you what, that has, you know, that is what has helped us through this and is helping us through this and will help us through this. Brilliant. Now, just a, a wider thought. Obviously, you're in the community yourself. You're in King's Heath, Birmingham. You've got a, a wider network of people. What are you seeing in the wider economy and the business sector? How do you think people are coping out there as businesses? I think this is a really difficult time. And I think businesses are really struggling and businesses are grasping to kind of see how they survive. And I think in, in times like that, it really kind of adds a lot of pressure to us. And it's um, yeah, I think it's it's a, it's a difficult time. I think it's so early and everyone right at this point is like, how, how do I get through the next day? How do I? Um, and I think it's having a massive impact on, on businesses, but also kind of the freelancers that are their own business. And for us, freelancers and self-employed people that work in entertainment, like have got a, a really, really like that you, because you know their their income comes from the businesses, and as the businesses are struggling, not they've got nothing in there, and, it, and it's 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 really hard to to hear stories I'm hearing. I can see that 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 sounds harsh. Just a word on the um, on the wider um, efforts that are being made by the UK at the moment in terms of trying to help businesses. I mean, it's unprecedented, but there's been some amazing uh, facts stated by the government. You know, no VAT to be paid for the moment, and business rates, holiday, uh, people can have sick pay for two weeks. There's various other things about grants and loans and potentially paying up to 80% of people's wages. Uh, have you got your head around all that, or is it too complicated, or is it welcome? Where are you with all that? Um, I've been worried a lot about that and, and just other things that we, we, we've got coming up. My first thought was like, oh, no, how are we going to survive? We are going to collapse. But then as the days have gone on, I've been really surprised at the amount of support that's out there um, to allow us to survive a circus mash through this time. And all of these little things are really kind of helping to ease the pressure on on our mind so we can figure out how we can adapt to these situations. So from what I can see that's being done for business, or for, for, I mean, for us, you know, um, I think it's going to really help us. And is it easy to access or are you still working that out with your accountants and stuff? I have no idea. I think I'm so focused right now on on what we're actually doing. And as uh, and I think those are the days that are going to come. I've got a list of things that I need to do. And Thursday is a, a finance business day. Um, and 
um, I've got a really supportive team around me, and especially the other director who's um, really working on on the, on the finance stuff. Um, so I think, yeah, I that's to come, Steve. <laughs> I understand. I understand. And, and whilst you're waiting for that to come, Joe, um, is there anything else that you think is needed? You know, there's a lot going on. Um, there's a lot of businesses struggling. Uh, as you said yourself, you think that lots, lots of lots of what's to come is good. But is there anything else needed in your mind as a local business owner? Absolutely. I think there's love, unity, and a conversation around mental health for a lot of people, for a lot of individuals, for a lot of business owners. Um, there's so much pressure going on right now, and I think, um, I, th- I think especially within the community I, I live, which is generally King's Heath and, 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 and I'll do all my work. Um, I think that there's, I can't quite bring my words to it. We, what we've done at Circus Mash is um, we've partnered with a, a, another local group called Class Act Theatrics um, to create uh, B14. And B14 is there to kind of help be people through this crisis and to be inspired and to be creative and to remember all of those little things that the news aren't telling us, um, you know, on an individual level, but hopefully up to a business level as well, like to, to, and, and to get those conversations started. And I think what has been really inspirational is people getting together online and actually helping each other through. And, and, and I think there's more of that needed. And, and I think that's where that, that space, that or that opportunity that's opening up for us to kind of help people with that. Joe, that sounds fantastic. Joe Fern of Circus Mash, many thanks for joining us on the podcast today. And let me wish you the very best of wishes for your endeavours. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much, Steve. Now let's turn to our next guest. I want to introduce Lee Hopley. She's an economist who works on issues relating to business resilience and SME finance. Hello to you, Lee. Good afternoon, Steve. Uh, Lee, for those not sure, can you give us a summary of the government's financial offer to businesses to keep them going during the COVID-19 pandemic? I I think businesses would be forgiven for not keeping track of everything that government has announced over the last week. There's been a series of statements from the Chancellor, and I think these have been primarily targeted towards helping some businesses with their fixed costs and also managing cash flow. So on the tax side, very quickly, we've had commitments around deferral of some key tax payments um, for a three-month period. So that's um, VAT for businesses and also income tax for uh, the self-employed. We also have a a reignition of HMRC's time to pay scheme. So you need to contact HMRC to create some uh, some headroom, um, then that's an option that's open to business as well. On the fixed cost side, I think there's kind of two uh, primary interventions here. One is on the key element that's already been mentioned on the employee wage costs. So we've got the job retention scheme um, where the government will cover um, up to 80% of the salary of furloughed workers. Um, and we also have some significant movements on business rates as well. So um, these aren't across the board. Um, it very much depends on what your rateable value is or if you're in a particular sector. Um, but there are uh, some uh, holidays for 12 months um, for some business rates players. 
in addition, we've also got some more direct support, so grant payments for smaller companies and those in the hospitality sector, for example. Um, and again, as already been mentioned, uh, quite a substantial loan guarantee scheme, um, which is up and running mm. as of the 23rd of March. There's quite a, an enormous amount of stuff coming from the government. Is this enough? Is it too complex? What else is needed? What can you tell us on that, Lee? I, I don't think anyone can make a judgment at this point of whether it's going to be enough. Um, I, I mean, there, there is a key element which does appear to be missing, which a lot of business organisations and also MPs have raised, and that is support for the self-employed. So perhaps not so relevant for manufacturing, but I think if there has been one gap thus far, it is on support for uh, self-employed um, sector. Um is it complicated? I think inevitably there's got to be an aspect of complexity here. I mean, this is an unprecedented intervention from the government in support of small businesses, their cash flow, um, their business rates, their tax payments and their employees. There's a, a you know, huge fiscal commitment here. And I think inevitably that is going to come with, an as- with a degree of complexity. I think what's going to be really course, important yes. now is, is, is making sure that there's really good advice out there, really good signposting. And the application process, whether that's through HMRC or via the banks, is as bureaucracy light as it can possibly be. I get that. And I want to ask you about that in more detail, really, because people listening, uh, who do they go to next? Where do they turn to? Is it their accountant? Is it someone new? Is it the government? Is it local government? Where do they go to get the best advice? Is it the university? What happens next? To get more detail on the individual schemes, I'd probably start at gov.uk, because that sets out how these schemes will work, the stage of implementation that they're at, essentially. And there is there is actually some quite helpful signposting on the government's own website. Looking for more information about the um, uh, the loan, the, uh, the government-backed loan scheme, the British Business Bank is should be the first port of call for information about participating banks. And I think um, we might find that this is more expansive than uh, the um, the enterprise finance guarantee scheme. Um, so hopefully that will allay some uh, some concerns there. Um, in terms of getting advice and support about where to go next, I mean, some of the key people will clearly be existing networks um, that businesses are tapped into. So that's probably going to be people like um, your accountants. Um, also, we've got a network of growth hubs across the country, which you really need to be geared up to be providing good quality advice online about these schemes, uh, local participants, uh, and how to access them. And I think in some cases, particularly around things like business rates, there won't be any action required of business at all. So that will all be done automatically um, by local authorities. So not all of these schemes will actually require direct access from uh, from individual businesses. So as I said, that, that gov.uk website is actually probably a helpful first port of call for many companies. And just one more question for you, Lee. Um, the government is effectively freezing the economy while they try to deal with the COVID-19. And they're, of course, hoping that everything can kick back into action once it's over. But no one knows whether that's weeks, months, or even up to a year. How practical is what they're doing? And how do you think that manufacturing companies can cope? How resilient are they? I think whether it's practical or not has been overtaken by the fact that this isn't optional for the government. I mean, this is this is absolutely the steps that, that had to be taken. In terms of ramping back up again, um, I think that's going to mean different things for different sectors. I think for manufacturing, 
probably one of the most important aspects of the government interventions today is around retention of key workers. That is always, always the most important thing for industry coming out of a crisis. Um, there's already skills challenges you know, across the country in many manufacturing sectors. Um, without the ability to try and hold on or retain some of those workers through this period, ramping up again is going to be extremely difficult. So I think that should be helpful. There's some questions about investment through this period. You know, we know that that's been uh, an, an aspect of the economy and manufacturing over the last couple of years, you know, partly because we've had Brexit-related uncertainty um, that's been held back. And I think, you know, if we see another year where companies aren't investing in new technologies, clearly that's going to make that bounce back again more um, slightly more challenging. I think the final aspect really to consider is that you know the UK is an open economy um, and manufacturing in particular is, is very international. Not all economies are going to bounce back at the same time. So understanding your supply chains and your customers and where you know they are in terms of this recovery journey, I think is going to be really critical for manufacturing, not just in terms of their overseas customers or suppliers, but also how integrated uh, other parts of their UK supply chain are into those global value networks. Leon, I said last question, but I'm going to ask you one more. Um, in a nutshell, what should SMEs do next? I think there's not going to be one unique answer to that. I mean, clearly, the you know the primary thing on SMEs' minds is likely to be you know the health and well-being of their employees. You know, and that is absolutely critical at the moment. Um, keeping in touch with them, um, making sure they understand you know, good communication about what is happening within the business is going to be really important. Um, and just making sure that they're tapping into the best advice to get through this period. Um, they're not on their own. There's going to be lots of other businesses like them. You know, tapping into your peer networks and, and, and the expertise that you can um, will, you know, is going to be crucial in, in helping businesses try and try and survive um, through this period of unprecedented uncertainty and challenge. Many thanks for joining us, Lee Hopley. Lee works here at Aston for the National Enterprise Research Centre, and I know many owners and staff of SMEs listening will have found your insight and advice very useful. And that wraps up this first podcast in our special series. We'll be back in the next few days with more case studies of how businesses are coping, and with more crucial analysis and advice from academics and experts here at Aston. Aston means business. SMEs dealing with COVID-19. Thanks for listening.